The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. But man, that guy, it, one of these days, I hope I can, I can do half as good as he does. But uh, we are so glad and so blessed to have uh, Rob and Jane Hambright with us. Um, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks back, we, we started on, on, the, on the message, Lies That We Believe. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember anything, anything from that? And, and we specifically went and delved into lies that people believe that drag them out of church, Okay. And, 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 we, and we, were very, we were very strong, and it was a very strong word, but heavy word, but we did it with love. And, and, and there are lies that drag people out of church that will jeopardize them for eternity, okay? Now, tonight I want to I shift gears, if I may, and I want to finish up this, this message. I don't know how long it'll take, um, but I think... I think it behooves us because there are lies that we believe in the body of Christ. I'll let that sink in for a little bit. There are lies that people believe that will cost them in the body of Christ. Else why would Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7, Depart from me before I never knew you. These people were obviously people in the church. I mean, the world's not praising Jesus. The world's not casting out devils. The world's not doing any of this stuff. The world isn't, isn't for him. The world isn't weeping with him. The world isn't, isn't dancing with him. So these people are in the church. They're doing church stuff. They think they're right. But Jesus said, I don't know you. Lies we believe. And then part two, in the church. All right? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading in, in the New King James. I think tonight all the scriptures are in the New King James. We may have one or two that I'll, I'll step out, but I'll be sure to let you know if I do. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Very common scripture these days. Because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Amen? It's easy to put, it's easy to get our focus too low, isn't it? When we get our focus, if the devil can get our focus off of him and onto a man, he's won. Because we've missed the target. How many, how many times do you get a second shot if you're out hunting? You miss the first one, it's Katie by the door. And the devil tries to make us miss. That means we have to keep our eye on the prize, don't we? We have to aim for the mark and the call, the high calling, amen? So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means of my own strength, in my flesh. The weapons of our warfare we can't touch. We can't, we can't hold them in our hand. Although we've been talking about touch, haven't we? The touch is a transference, but the weapon isn't carnal. That's why when we pray for people sometimes, we believe, if they don't believe, there's no transference. If all things are possible to him or her who believe, if you're praying for somebody and they don't believe, what's possible for them? Well, I came up there and got prayed for and nothing happened. I didn't figure it would anyway. Hello? Jesus said to him who believes, all things are possible. So we're not, remember, remember what, what Rob said on Sunday, faith is, is heaven's courage. With, with faith, you can say that mountain be moved and cast into the sea and the mountain don't have a choice in the matter. 
And the problem with it is, is when Jesus equated that faith, it, it, it was the grain of the size of a grain of mustard. Pretty small. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Somebody say mighty. mighty. Now, is this for a select few? Are the weapons of our warfare just for a select few? I mean, did the Lord say, okay, I'm going to give you a, 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 a howitzer, I'm going to give you a mortar, I'm going to give you, and, and oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, you got to carry the radio. Even the radio guy, at this point in time, has an M16 in World War II, had a Thompson. Even the radio guy is armed. Right? Even the radio guy. I used to, in colonial days, how many of you, how many of you ever remember your history in colonial days? And there were artist renditions of the, of the, of the people marching out to war. Even in the Civil War, up into the Civil War, man, I felt for the drummer and the color bearer. I felt for them. Because marching in the line, in the ranks, there's the drummer out there, marching forward, and he was keeping cadence for the rest of the people to march by. And somebody caught on, and if I kill the guy that's keeping beat, the, the people will stop and look. Did he stop or did he die? And when they stop and turn their heads, volley, right? <laughs> but mighty. Well, I, I, I could spend all night right there. Because I know that we've read this. I know that we believe this. I know that we understand what Paul is saying. But doggone it. Has it got from here to here yet? Now it's starting to, because we're starting to get some victories around this place. Amen? It's starting to, because we're starting to see some victories. But I think that the body of Christ in general said, oh, that's good, that's good writing, that's good literature, but it, 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 ain't, it ain't found its way down here yet, because I'm not living, I'm not living the abundant life. Oh, man, 2020 and 2021, they just stripped all of the joy away from us. You need to find your, your weapon because it's mighty and it'll return the joy into your life. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Anybody noticed any strongholds lately? I mean, you don't have to drive too far to see a stronghold. Whoever thought it was a good idea to you know, give all, of our, give all of our oil production to a foreigner and then beg them to produce more. That's somebody that hates their country and hates the people in it. We're being ruled by people who hate us. And we're a republic. We're supposed to be for the people, by the people. And just, just so I can put this on record, I do not consent. I'm not being represented. My views and my, and, and, and my ideas and my ideology is not being represented. And I will not forget. If we have to go back to paper ballots, Counted by hand. will not forget. This is our country. Right. I will not surrender my constitutional rights. This is our country. The last, the last, liberty's last stand. I'm not ashamed to say that. I thank God for this nation. I thank God that we still have freedoms, even though they're being stripped away. I thank God that we still have the freedom to stand and, 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 and raise our hands in praise to, to God Almighty. Amen. And I'm going to do it until I die. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but they're mighty in God. And who can stand against God? If God be for us, then who can be against us? Verse number five says, casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Not the idea of God. Not the notion of God. But the knowledge of God. What is knowledge? A collection of facts. Facts. I was talking with, a, with a, a member today about how we can triangulate our past even though dates have been subverted and tried to be tried to be blurred out and tried to be erased and how they've been corrupted by political and religious parties we can still triangulate because God left us four or five different sources to pinpoint events because he knew he had foreknowledge that they would try to confuse the issue they tried to remove the ancient landmark. And they may have on one account. But there are still three or four more that are still standing, still pointing, still pointing to a, a, a moment in time when heaven and earth collided. And we can still find it. Still there. All right. Not, not too many people understand that today, but, but when I first started uh, going out on the Great Lakes, we had, to, we had a little um, uh, a VFO finder on the boat and, 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 and the GMS, and we had to, we had to triangulate, okay, this, is th this amount of beeps, okay, that's, that's Muskegon, the next amount of beeps, okay, that's, uh, that's South Haven, okay, so I know that I must be here. You spin it around, oh, look at that, there's Manitowoc. I know right where I'm at. Three points, and it, and it was perfect. Now, they've done away with that now, but... It was awesome. Isn't that amazing? We can still triangulate dates in history. The knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity. Every thought. Every thought. Well, we, may, we need to make sure we take every thought into captivity because how many of you know some of our thoughts are not our own? There's been a transition over the past 20 years in our schools not, it, it, from teaching people how to think as to teaching them what to think. We've got to bring every thought into captivity. Don't let somebody put their garbage in, in, into your computer. You need the best virus protection in the world. His name is Jesus. And he'll wash you with his bullet, and he'll make you white as snow. Amen? Amen. All right. <clears throat> to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. There's a, oh, man, we don't want to talk about obedience today. We want to talk about disobedience, don't we? We want to talk about if I don't like it, I, I'm going to go down there and defund the cops. Uh, if I don't like it, I'm going to tear down that statue. If I don't like it, I'm going to burn down your business. If I don't like it... Believer, you better be obedient to Christ. You better make sure your thought life is obedient to Christ too. Amen? So we're talking about lies that we believe. And, and this is part B, and so we're talking about in the church. Go with me to Matthew chapter 18, Matthew's gospel chapter 18. And, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 21. Lies that we believe, part B, in the church. Now, we already talked about lies that take people out of church, but there's still people in the church that are still believing some pretty heavy lies. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now, now, now notice the, 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 at that day, the, 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 the temple law, the Hebrew law, said you've got to forgive up to seven times in one day. And so Peter didn't chance. He was giving him a full measure of forgiveness. Up to seven times. 
Isn't it amazing sometimes? <laughs> There's a lot of Peter in all of us, aren't there? That's why, that's why the Apostle Paul would come around later and say, you know, don't let, let, don't let any man think more highly of himself than he ought to. Because just the time you want to show Jesus, man, I'm righteous. Man, I'm holy. Oh, Jesus, I got this, man. Seven times. I heard, I heard the rabbi say it. Seven times. I'm going to up to seven times in one day. Jesus said, Jesus said uh, I, don't, I, don't, I do not say to you up to seven times. That's one of those. What did he say? You imagine the other disciples and their heads snapped around when Peter said it? You know, the other disciples had the advantage of having Peter in the group because he was always saying what they didn't want. He was always saying what they were thinking, right? Can you imagine the other disciples when, when, when Jesus said, no, I don't say it to you seven times, when every, all, the, all the heads went, you know? Remember those old commercials? Yeah. Well, I work for E.F. Hutton, and everybody went, yeah. This is Jesus. When Jesus is talking, people better listen. Well, I'll say that again because you, you, you missed a real good opportunity right there. Get ready. I'm going to prompt you here. When Jesus is talking, people better listen. There you go. All right. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Seventy times seven in one day, a 24-hour period, 490 times. And I alluded to it, I alluded to it a couple of weeks ago. So what happens between sundown, uh, sundown on the first day to sundown the next day, and all of a sudden you're keeping account and somebody goes 491 times. Oh, it's on! Now, there are people who would count and wait. And, and you can, you, who can blame them, right? I mean, the Apostle Paul hadn't, hadn't wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 10 yet. Right? The love chapter. You know, love suffers wrong. Love, love keeps no count of wrongs. Love, love keeps no, you know. The, Paul, the Apostle Paul hadn't got there yet. But the Holy Spirit inspired him to write that. So from this moment to that moment, there must have been some people in the church. All right, I forgive you. I forgive you. Or their abacus, you know. I forgive you. Some people would have, they don't got enough hands to have enough abacuses. They'd have to have their, their own donkey cart, right? And, 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 and heaven forbid that their donkey should, they should fall on their donkey. I mean, anyway, but, you know, and, and can you imagine, you know people. I hope I'm not talking to any online, but I know you online and you on the FM know people. All right, that's one. And they had to have, you know, they, man, you, you see a guy, you know, you're carrying a, carrying a bunch of, a bunch of those abacuses around with him, you know. I said, oh, man, he must, be, he must be a tax collector or a, a banker or a merchant or something like that. Hey, buddy, what do you sell? I don't sell nothing. What are you talking about? Oh, I just saw your, your, your calculators under your arms. And I, uh, oh, no, 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 no. This was for my brother. This was for my brother-in-law. This is for my uncle. This is for my dad. This is for my cousin. This is for my, what? Yep. Oh, and look at this. Cousin Eddie getting close. He's at like $3.99 right now, man. He, he, and, and it's only noon. It's funny because we've all done it. And it's a thing at the same time. All right. You know, we're talking about lies that we believe, right? Matthew chapter 6, just over to, the, over to the left, about four pages, five pages. Verse number 14. Again, Jesus talking. And Jesus said, for if you forgive men their trespasses, 
your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Well, that's pretty good. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Ooh, here comes the boom. How many times have we heard it said, I'll forgive, but I won't forget? Abacus. Tomorrow I'll shake it like my Etch-a-Sketch, but not today. I'll forgive you. Right? You ever done that? I've done that. I've done that. But the Lord has shown me something in His Word. You know, He's shown me something. When we're doing that, we're not forgiven. If you say, I'll forgive you, but I'll not forget, then you haven't forget, you haven't forgave. And if you don't forgive our trespasses, then the Lord's not gonna the Father's not gonna forgive you yours. That's Jesus talking. You don't like that? Talk to him about it. The words are in red in your Bible, right? So how do we then extend forgiveness? How do we extend forgiveness? When someone realizes that they have wronged or offended us and they ask for forgiveness, what do we say to convey our acceptance, our acceptance of and our forgiveness of that trespass. What do we do? Sometimes. More often than not. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's okay. No problem. You know when you say no problem? You know what you're really saying? You want the translation of that? Give you a tongue and an interpretation tonight. Somebody comes up to you and says, no, oh, no problem. The body language is saying, problem. Right? You see, you can, tell your, you can make your mouth lie, but your body can't lie for you. That's why lie detector tests work, with the exception of on, on, on pregnant women and, 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 and psychopaths. Because psychopaths are totally out of touch with their own body anyway. Right? I mean, they, all the voices in there, you never know who's talking. I'll just throw that out there. for It's free. Don't question nothing. Do you realize then that if the brother who has asked forgiveness does not get a solid affirmation or confirmation of the account being settled in their mind or in their heart, that that opens up a door for the devil to creep in condemnation to flow in because when you part ways, they'll be like, oh man, I, man, I hope he did that. I hope he did. And then condemnation will flood in and now we've left our brother or sister who has asked for forgiveness in a worse state. They were in a contrite state to begin with. They had a broken heart. They knew that they had done wrong. They wanted to repair the relationship and they said, oh, would you forgive me? And you, Hey, don't worry about it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. And we're going to cover a lot of scripture tonight. So, Ephesians 4, 25. Here's the word therefore. The verse starts with the word therefore. What do we do when we see therefore? We find out what it's there for, right? So, therefore... Putting away lying. When we tell someone, don't worry about it, we tell someone, no problem, hey, think nothing about it, I don't, you know, and we still do. Are we truthful? 
is the situation resolved? And so now we've given place to the devil. Now there's a, now there's a foothold for the devil on both parties. How many of you know people that have, have done this and there was a half-hearted acceptance of, a, of, a, of, a, of an apology? There was a half-hearted acceptance it, and all of a sudden now they're farther apart than they ever were. They're polar opposites now and they haven't spoken in years because they gave place to the devil and a root of bitterness was allowed to creep in and choke out the life. Amen? Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbors, for we're members of one another. i got to speak truthfully with you. Now, I've got to speak the truth in love, right? I don't want to be brutal, you know, and I don't want to have any hypocrisy in it. So I've got to speak truthfully with, with my brothers because we're members of one another. And, and even though I'm angry, I can't sin. The Bible doesn't say you can't get angry. But it does say you can't sin. Be angry and sin not. Right? And here's the big one. Do not. Now, let me ask, ask you. Is there any room for interpretation there? That's a command, isn't it? Do not. That means if we do, all the, out of all the trees in the garden you shall eat, but of the tree that's in the middle of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. And we see what a mess we're in because of that. Fast forward to the Apostle Paul's time and beyond, and how big of a mess are we in in our own lives because we, we do not obey this verse. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. That's not a suggestion. That's not a guideline. And why don't we do that? Because verse number 27 answers that question. What's the implication? Because if you do, then you give place to the devil. Verse number 27, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has a need. Amen? Verse number 29, let no corrupt, uh, let no corrupt word or in the King James communication come out of your mouth, but what is, good, uh, what is good for necessary edification. Edification, that big word that just simply means building up. How many times when someone come up to us in a contrite, broken spirit and ask us to forgive them, did, we, did they leave us, leave our presence built up? Uh, remember, I told you, I, the Lord dealt with me on this. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah, hey, no problem. Good to see you, wouldn't want to be a, you know, if we don't cross again, you know, see you in the happy hunting ground. Guys, that's just human nature. And if we're driven by eternity, we've got to put some of this stuff to bed. All right? Now, now, we went through that. We went through the driven by eternity class again. Again, I recommend it. If it, when, we, it when they decide to do it again, you better, you better get in on it. Because even if you went through it this time, you'll get more than you go. Because I didn't get this the first time we went through it. Because some of this stuff, we've got to get rid of us. We've got we to gotta get off of us. You know the, the rockets that they have down at Cape Canaveral? Isn't it amazing how big, how big those suckers are? But those don't go into space. You realize that, right? Either the space shuttle that they have strapped on the side of them does or the, or the capsule, but those rockets, they fall away. Because after a while, they're going to impede your progress. You won't be able to reach what's called maximum Q. And maximum Q is where the earth, where the earth and, and, and the thrust is, is equal distance. You need to get above that so you can get out of the earth's gravitational pull, out of the atmosphere. I don't know about you, but there's some believers that have been too tied down with the atmospheric conditions in the last couple of years, and we need to reach max Q where we're looking up and into the face of God and not around us and seeing what's going on around us. 
<clears throat> For edification, that it, may, that it may impart grace to the hearers. I remember when we, we first moved into the, uh, the gas station over there. The Lord gave us a word way back then. You, be the grace you'd like to receive. That's just a different way of saying do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But a lot of times we have grace in our, in, in our, in our hands and we don't administer that grace. Guilty. There have been a lot of times when we could have resolved the situation by saying, look, I know it's been difficult for you. It's been difficult for me. But I forgive you. Now here's the big one. Sometimes when we haven't done anything wrong, you say, would you forgive me too? You know what that's doing? We've got some people in the volunteering now to, to clean the church. You know what that's doing? That's cleaning both sides of the glass. You know what happens if you just clean one side of the glass all the time? You know when the rain comes and it hits on the window on the outside and you say, man, there's a smudge right there. Let me get... Oh, still smudged. Nope, still smudged. You know, Vanessa, Vanessa would come in and catch me doing that. She'd go, you need to go outside, silly. It's on the outside of the glass. All right. We've got to clean both sides of the glass. All right. I'm imparting grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. If we, if we are giving place to the devil, do you think, do you suppose perhaps we're grieving the Holy Spirit of God? If our prayers are not being answered, do you suppose maybe, as Matthew said, we need to lay our gift right here and go out and, and find somebody, maybe that person that asked us to forgive them, and we didn't give them a complete forgiveness. We didn't tell them we love you, we're sorry, hey, let's make this right. And maybe we need to leave that gift right there and go out and make it right and come back, and then all of a sudden our gift will be received, our prayer life will be opened back up, the, the, the heavens will be opened up against uh, uh, for us in our life, they'll be opened up again, our, 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 our sky won't be bronzed over. And all of a sudden, the blessings of God will flow even in a recession. God wants to bless His people in a time of recession to show this world that His people are not dependent on them, but Him. It's not... Government gyra. It's Jehovah gyra. My provider. And his grace is still sufficient. He's still on the throne. We're still his children. Do we recognize who we are in Christ? Now sometimes we can think we're part of it. But if we've, got, if we've got an ought or a brother's got an ought, then we need to put that gift right there on the altar and go make it right. And watch what happens when we fight with the Lord. Watch what happens. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Malice, ill will. Malice can't think or say anything good about a certain individual. And I don't know why you'd have to say this to Christians, but, the, but, but, but this book is written to believers. And be kind to one another. Believer? Be kind? tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. 
If you have received forgiveness, then you must in return forgive and be tender, gentle, kind, and loving. Wow. Pastor Burkhart could say, we stop and say it's be good to be here. But I think I would leave, I would leave the course unfinished. So how do you confirm for your brother or sister in Christ that you have biblically forgave their trespass? How do you do it? Were you aware that there's an answer? There's an answer. And we've been studying, and we've been studying, and we've been studying. And as we've been going through this, the Lord said, the Lord said you know, and, and, and you know what? It put me in check. Because there's an answer on how to do it. We have an example. Have you not read the passage that says, you know, you search the scriptures for in, in, in them you think you find me, and indeed you do. The Apostle Paul said of the Old Covenant, it was the schoolmaster. It taught us the basics. It taught us the lessons of life. And the lesson for forgiveness is found in the Old Covenant. They still had to forgive. Even with grace, they still had to forgive. That's where Peter came up with seven times. And Jesus said, no, no, 70 times. But, but Peter was basing that on, on the Old Testament. You want to know where? Go with me to Genesis chapter 33. Genesis chapter 33. While you're turning there, you know the story. The story of Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, when he, when he, was, when he was born, he caught, latched on. He was second, and he latched on to Esau's heel, and they called him the heel catcher. The tripper upper. The supplanter. Needless to say, he hadn't seen too many super books. Didn't have a good grasp on what the Word of God said. And so, after he had stolen the birthright for a bowl of porridge, after he had stolen the blessing with goat skin, And his blind father, he said, the voice is that of Jacob, but, you know, I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know what kind of, I know I, Jacob was a hairy dude, man. If, 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 if Jacob can put on goat skin and fool his dad into thinking, well, the hands and arms are, you know, and, and he told him, he said, come over here and, and, and let me and lean in and, and it's the back of his neck. Can you imagine what a, what a schemer he had to been to know that his dad was going to grab onto the back of his neck? His arms were covered with it. The back of his neck was covered with it. And he said, well, the the voice is that of Jacob, but my eyes might be they're deceiving me. Come here, let me. And he brought him in and he grabbed him and he hugged him. And Well, all right, there's hair there too. Isn't it amazing how people can scheme? What did his mother say? Let, let, let the curse be upon me. If there's any penalty, let it fall on me. And then he comes out and she goes, you better run. Let the curse be on me. Get out of here, kid. And take the first camel train to Clarksville, you know. Anyway, I don't know. But, uh... So he goes. And isn't it great? I mean, we, we love this story, don't we? Because the conniver meets a more conniving conniver. You can't con a con. And so here, here he comes in and he, he, sees, he sees, oh, oh, beautiful Rachel. And he got, like, goes gaga. He's like, whoa. And he goes to her dad and, and, and he says, hey, I want to marry her. And, and uh, he says, well, you know, it's not really right for you to marry her. You, 
you know, I've got, I've got an older, an older woman. We call her cow eyes. And, and so you got to, well, that's what her name translates into. Were you aware of that? Cow eyes. You got to be careful. You might learn something in Bible study. Her older, her older sister should get married first. That's the, that's the right if we're going to do things right. I don't like her, old, I don't like her older sister. I, I, I like her. I don't like old cow eyes. On their wedding day, they get married and, you know, they go to the reception and one thing leads to the next and... and you know, Laban says, hey, Rachel, why don't you, uh, I need you to go up to the house. We, we, you know, we, need, we need some more cookies out of the oven or something. I don't know, more cake off the table. Go get, and then all of a sudden, cow eyes goes in in the wedding garments, and boom, next thing you know. Now, you got to wonder. Because Jacob did nothing about it till the next day. I mean, what did Laban say? Keep your eyes closed. Uh, what did he say? And he comes out the next morning and he goes, Hey, what's going on here? What kind of monkey business is this? Uh, I married Rachel and here's, here's Leah here. Well, I told you. It's our custom. The oldest one had to be. <laughs> he goes, That's not what we bargained for. I bargained seven years to... Well, I tell you what, I can't, I, you know, I can't give you a two for one, so how about another seven years and you can have her too? You see, when you start down the conniving trail, you're going to attract people that are around you that are like you. Right? Now remember, his brother's still looking to kill him. There's some unfinished business. And his brother is still mad as a hornet. Not that his brother cared about the inheritance, not that his brother cared about the heritage, but by golly, it was his. By birthright. Not that he cared about, you know, his, his father's blessing. He didn't. But if Rebecca had have listened, we, we think that only Abraham and Sarai tried to help God out. You know, with, 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 with Hagar. And then all of a sudden, out pops an Ishmael, and we get the trouble that we got today. Anyway, but you, if, 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 if Rebecca had a listened, the prophecy was that the, young, the older will serve the younger. And all we got to do when we hear a word from God is stand still and see the salvation of God. Nothing else. You say, well, Isaac was looking to bless Esau. I think if Isaac had been intent on that, the Lord would have stopped him. The Lord would have stopped him because the prophecy came that the older would serve the younger. That's what God said. And mom just tried to help it along a little bit. And in doing so, she caused a fight, a civil war, as it were, in her own family. Next thing you know, Leah's having kids, and, and I'm just paraphrasing for time. Leah's having kids one right after another, and heaven knows she, maybe she got tired of having kids, and she said, here, take my concubine. Take my servant as your concubine. And he's got two or three concubines, and they're having kids, and, and, here, and here is Rachel. She's not having any. And now the people are starting to mock her. Leah and the rest are... Well, God must, must not like you. Look at this. We're having kids left and right. I mean, I mean he, can't even, he can't even come into our tent without us having kids, and here you are. But notice, notice, who's he staying with? Rachel was his beloved. So Rachel and Leah make a deal. Give me some of the mandrakes. They went down. She goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not giving you anything. You ain't getting nothing. That sister wife show is, is fake. 
you ain't getting nothing without a promise. You send him over to my tent tonight. Another son. He has a, he ends up having 12, right? You guys, you guys do know that, right? 12 sons. And, the, and not all of them, and not all of them are, are stellar Bible theologians. You, you realize that, right? Okay. So finally, he comes up with a plan. He said, Laban, here I am serving you 14 years now, and I've got nothing to show for my labor except two of your daughters and a, and a pad. He said, what am I going to do? I, how can I even separate myself from you? And, and, and so he struck a deal with the conniver. Two guys got together and they struck a deal. And he said, all right, any, any spotted goat or any spotted lambs, they'll be mine and you have the pure ones. And I don't know what, I don't know what in all of his years, I don't know how he, what this was. I don't know if it was a sign, but remember he took the, he took the stick and he cut rings into it. And, he, and when, the, when, the, when, the, when, the land, when the ewes came up to drink, he put the stick in the water. And when they conceived, they had spotted lambs. And he told his sons, now, anything that comes out spotted, they're mine. Anything that comes out whole, they're... And all of a sudden, for a long stretch of time, there wasn't any pure lambs born. I don't know how it happened. Don't know what it was. Maybe he got the old farmer's almanac, said, put this, put this stick here with the rings on it. No, I don't know. I know my grandma believed that, that babies could be spotted by certain things. I don't know what it was. I can't answer that. Um, but he did. So now he's growing. Now his flocks are growing. Now he has to have servants, and, and his sons are in, in, in charge of it. And Laban, Laban goes, hey, look, you know, we're fighting for land. Does this sound familiar? Remember, remember Grandpa Abraham and, 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 Lot, and Lot were fighting for land and the good land. And so he finally says, all right, we're going to get out of here. We're leaving. Now, he hadn't had an epiphany yet. He hadn't met with God yet. Because Rachel went up and took the idols out of Laban's house. It's in there. And they went a couple days' journey, and they got to a place called Mizpah, and here come Laban. Isn't it enough that you take all of the sheep, you take all of the goats, you take all of my flocks, you take my daughters, you take, you take everything. There isn't it enough, but now you have to steal my God too? My gods, plural? And Rachel knows, uh-oh, somebody in trouble. And she said, if they're found among us, whoever's got them, they'll be killed. I'll tell you how serious I am about this. Whoever's got the, whoever the, whoever's possession they're found in, and they're in his beloved possession. And so she made a bed of animal of animal hides and hid the hid the and hid the idols. She sat upon them and feigned. To have her monthly visitor. That's what the Bible says. Not month, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And they wouldn't touch her. They wouldn't make her move because she was impure. And sure enough, Laban said, well, I can't find them. I don't know where they are. He said, but, but let's make a pact here today. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, those little, the, the little Mizpah, you know, the little Mizpah thing where you get half, the guy's supposed to get half and the girl's supposed to get half. They, they've turned it into something that it's not because that, the, the, it says, may the Lord watch between you and me while we're apart. And what that is, is based on this covenant, if you do anything to violate the agreement, may the Lord kill you. Read your commentary on, on, on the Mizpah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are apart. That means if you don't hold your end of the bargain, you die. If I don't hold my end of the bargain, I die. Now, you've got to admit, that takes a lot of the romance out of the relationship. You guys are going to be thinking twice about getting one of those for your, for your gal, aren't you? <laughs> 
They're leaving. They go out. From Mizpah, they travel to a place called Bethel. And there one night at Bethel, Jacob has a visitation. He had a dream. Remember the dream? There was a ladder whose, whose foot stood on earth and its top was in the heaven. And the angels were ascending and descending. Oh, it's good to have dreams, isn't it? What are angels? Ministering spirits. Here was a guy who was not, as my grandfather used to say, living right at the foot of the cross. He was still a conniver. He was a cheat. His wives and his family worshipped idols. He cheated his father-in-law. Cheated his brother. And he saw a vision of angels ascending and descending. And he had a visitation. And he wrestled with an angel of the Lord all night. And he said, tell me your name. Tell me your name. Who are you? You know, some of us need to grapple with the Lord a little bit. Some of us, maybe we need to find ourselves a way where we can meet with the Lord and grapple with him a little bit. Because when, when the angel told him, he said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. Let me go for the day's coming. And he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go. I've got a hold of you and you're bigger than me. You're stronger than me. There's something about you that's not in me. And I want that that you've got in me. And I'm not going to let you go. And all of a sudden, the angel touched him in his hip and his hip went out of joint. And from that day on, Jacob walked differently. And from that day on, he said, no longer will your name be called the cheater, the supplanter, the heel catcher. No longer are you going to be called the conniver, but I'm going to call you Israel, blessed of God. Are we walking different? Now notice, he wakes up there and Esau's coming with 400 men. You're going to have to give a reckoning for the things you've done in the flesh. Esau is coming. You can say, bless Jesus all you want, but your Esau's coming. This is, good. this is good preaching right now. I just want you to know it's good preaching. I'm almost ready to amen myself. I'm preach myself happy right here in a minute. Let's go to Genesis chapter 33. You're up, you're up, you're up to snuff. Verse number one, Now Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming. And with him were 400 men, not children, not herds, not babies, not goats, not idols, 400 men. Now here's, the, here's what you got to see about here's what you got to see about Jacob. He's saved now, name change now, right? But watch, but watch, but watch, but watch. <laughs> so he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants or concubines. And he put the maidservants and their children in front. Nothing says I love you like making you a human shield. I love y'all. Now, I don't, think, I don't think he'll bother you, but you just be right up there. And if the mean guys get close to you with them spears and them swords, you just start crying. I'm sure it'll work out. Leah and her children behind them now, how do you suppose, if, if you're Jacob at this point, how do you suppose you tell that to you? Nothing says, nothing says I love you, <laughs> right? And this sure wasn't a hallmark. Nothing says I love you like a hallmark. But no, no, this, I mean, here he is. And then Rachel, now look at this, Rachel and, and Joseph were last. 
You see, when it all falls to pieces, the things that matter most to you will be close to you. Let me say that again. When it all falls to pieces, the things that matter most to you are going to be close to you. Now, let me just, let me just open your eyes for you. We've went through a tough time in the last two years. Who's been close to you? Who's been close to you? Right? Because the people that, don't, that aren't close to you, man, they, 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 they've separated. They've split, haven't they? They've left you. Okay. Because they could not care less about us. They could not care less. So here he's got, he's got, he's got uh, Rachel and Joseph last. And then he crossed over before them, and he bowed himself to the ground seven times until, until he came near his brother. He, took, he bowed down, he got up, bowed down, and he kept moving, kept going. Verse number four. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Now, a lot of people say, oh, look at that. Esau had a change of heart. You realize, I mean, all you have to do is, 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 is read Julius Caesar by Shakespeare, and you'll find out that you know, a lot of times when they embraced you, they had a dagger waiting, and it was going to pull out your liver. This was not, this was not a sign of endearment. But he did it. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw the women and children and he said, who are these with you? Who are all these guys? So he said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maidservants came near and, they, and their children and bowed, and, and bowed down. And Leah also came near with her children and bowed down, and, 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 and her children, and they bowed down. Afterwards, Joseph, Joseph and Rachel came, and they bowed down. The situation is still relatively tense. All of Jacob's cards are now on the table. This is who I've got. You've got 400 warriors i got women and children. What you going to do? And, Esau, and here's, here's the telltale sign. Verse number 8. Then Esau said, What do you mean by all this company which I met? Were you playing on my heart? I swore I was going to kill you. I've been chasing you down, Brother. And he said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. Now, he had sent him gifts. He had sent him sheep. He had sent him out peace offerings as a way of saying, I'm sorry. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Sorry. No problem. Keep it. Not yet. Because had he not accepted it, that meant that he hadn't forgive. Let's keep reading. Today's versions, you know, this is today's version of don't worry about it. No problem or some other non-committed answer. You see, true contrition must include a peace offering and the acceptance of that offering. And here Esau is saying, no, I, don't, I've have, I have enough. No, no, don't worry about it. I'm, keep, I'm keeping that odd in my heart. You don't worry about it. What he's saying is you better worry about it because these 400 guys say all I got to do is wink. If there's not, there's a legal term, there is no meeting of the minds. 
And there is no or has been no actual forgiveness. Look here as Jacob insists. And Jacob said, no, please. If I have found favor in your sight, then receive my presence from, the hand, from my hand. Inasmuch that I have seen your face as though I had seen the face of God. And, the, and you were pleased with me. He's giving him an offering. There's a peace offering. He said, look, I know what I took from you. I know what I did to you. He said, but I'm not the same man that left out of mom and dad's house. Would you please accept this? Because in, in, in the custom, if, if Esau did not accept it, then that means that there's been no forgiveness and it was all for naught because Esau could take it all. And Jacob says, no, please. Please, if, if I found favor with you, if you seriously want to forgive me, accept this as my apology. Because I see you as I see the face of God. I'm helpless before God and I'm helpless before you. You see, sometimes we've got to open ourselves up. Sometimes we have got to be vulnerable in order to find forgiveness that, we, that we've been needing. Sometimes we have to go that extra thing when someone is wanting to ask us to be forgiven. We just say, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine, it'll, whatever. We have to say, look, I love you. Let me restore you. I, I forgive you. I'm not going to forgive and not forget. I'm going to forgive you. We're going to get on from here and, and, we'll, go, and we'll go down the road and, and we'll, move, we'll move together and, and I will forgive you and I and, and they've offered you a dinner or whatever it is you accept it and say you're forgiven we're forgiven we're good we're back in good stead we're back in fellowship we're back in right standing before God and us lies we believe too many times I have said sure I'll forgive you and I left the door open for the devil left the door wide open. Please. Now notice the second time. Please take my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. So he urged him and he took it. Now, now, if Esau kills him, he's a murderer. It's all on Esau. It's all 100% on him. <laughs> if Esau had refused the offering of contrition, Jacob knew that he had better run because there was no forgiveness to be had. When we truly forgive those who have trespassed against us, we should convey that the forgiveness is in a, in a clear and tangible way to prevent the devil and their own mind from allowing seeds of doubt to take root. This, was in, this is evident in verse number 12. Then Esau said, well, let us take our journey and let us go and, and, and I will go out before you. It's a rough wilderness out there. I got these soldiers and I'll just go in front of you. You guys just bring up the rear. Now, he, 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 Jacob obviously doesn't do that. He says, well, I'm going to go over here. We're heading back to mom and dad's. You can go wherever you want. But the offer was, I'll protect you. I ain't looking to kill you no more. Now I'm going to protect you. And they part ways. That today is contrast. Oh, I might forgive you, but, but I don't ever want to see you again. Or I'll never forget. How many people think that they're right with the Lord, but have never truly offered godly, biblical forgiveness? Isn't it amazing? Have you ever read that story like that before? That accounting? of how to, see, we want to, we say we got to forgive, right? 
If we don't forgive our brothers, then they won't forgive, then God won't forgive us. But how many of us, me included, have been to that extent where we say, you know what? All is forgiven and all is forgotten. And I'll go with you. Let's restore our brothers. Let's slam the door on the devil. Let's don't give place to the devil. How many people are walking around in condemnation and in fear and bitterness because they sought something that was not given? Do you know what it takes to come and ask for forgiveness? It takes a broken and contrite spirit. It takes somebody that is so fed up with the status quo that I can't take it anymore and I'm going to go to my brother, I'm going to go to my sister, and I'm going to make it right. And if they see restoration, then the devil jumps in on both feet. And he would like nothing better than to keep them out. You see, this is one of the lies that we believed. And because of this, many, I say many, have been deceived. And if not, nothing changes, they'll hear the Lord say on the final day, Depart from me. Because I didn't know you. Now, you know we're talking about believers because lost people rarely forgive. When we're talking about forgiving, giving and receiving forgiveness, we're talking about people in the house of God. Matthew chapter 7 is written to believers. Let me end with this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 32, and be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. I think sometimes we've forgotten in this day and age how to be tender-hearted. I think sometimes we've forgotten to be the grace we'd like to receive or already have received. Forgiving one another. Not because we're better than, but just as God in Christ forgave me, forgave you. If we're ever going to move in the ministry of reconciliation, we've got to stop believing the lie and start walking in forgiveness and restoration. Amen? Come back and be with us on Sunday, won't you? Reach out to us, let us know how we can help you and where you're at. We love you guys. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.